Good morning. We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Congregation. If you're joining us on social media, we welcome you as well. I know we have visitors here to with us today and you're our honored guest. We would like to get a record of everyone's attendance. There's a friendship register on each row. We'd ask that you uh, pass that down, make sure we get everyone recorded and those will be picked up at the end of services. I was told a few minutes ago that our sister Pat Gray is uh, suffering from pneumonia and we wanted to have a special prayer for her this morning. Uh, after this prayer, Brother Jeremy Jones will begin uh, leading us in our song service. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can assemble this morning on this beautiful day to worship Thee. We pray that all that we do today would be pleasing in your sight and that you would accept our worship unto thee. We're so thankful, Father, that we can beseech your help on behalf of those that we love. We pray your special care to be with Sister Pat Gray. We pray that you would heal her, help her to be restored to good health and be in fellowship with us here. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful Lord's Day you've given us and for all the blessings you've bestowed on us without number. And we're most thankful, Father, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whose blood washes away our sins and brings us the hope of salvation. We pray, Father, that you will forgive of our sins as we repent of them and hold them against us no more. We're so thankful, Father, for all who take part in the worship service here, Father, our ministers, our teachers, our song leaders, for all those who take part in the service. And we pray, Father, that you'll be with Brother Ken this morning as he brings a word of life to us, that you'll give him a quick and ready remembrance of the things he's prepared for us. And we're thankful, especially, Father, for our elders who watch over the flock here, and we pray that you give them strength and spiritual guidance as they go about their duties. We pray, Father, for all those in the world who are who have lost so much, Father, due to to uh, storms, floods, fires, wars, and for whatever reason, Father. And we pray that you will comfort those who are in sorrow from the loss of loved ones, especially for the Pittman family. And we pray, Father, that you will heal the sick and disabled, you'll feed the hungry and clothe the, clothe the homeless and shelter them. And we pray, Father, that we, do, we will do our duty to help relieve their situation as much as possible. And we pray, Father, for our mission, missionaries and the mission work that's going on. We pray, we give thanks for their willingness to go and carry the gospel throughout the world. We pray, Father, that you will go with us now throughout the furtherance of this service. Guide, guard, and direct us along the days of our lives that in the end we might be found faithful, Father. And we give all praise to you, Father, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to use your hymnal, uh, you can turn to number 470 and mark that for the song of invitation, Victory in Jesus. We'll sing that after Brother Ken's lesson, 470. Uh, before his lesson, we'll sing number 704, Bind Us Together, followed by 717, We Will Stand. Would you stand with me one more time as we join together in song and lift our voices up?
The scripture reading this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Good morning, everybody. Well, I sure do find humor in the oddest places. So we finished that song, As Long As There Is Love, We Will Stand. Be seated, please. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. But I will say this about Jeremy. I was sitting there and, you know, thinking about Pat Gray, that she's sick with pneumonia. And that was, that was negative. But then I checked out Jeremy's socks. And Jeremy has plus symbols all over his socks today. So we have a positive song leader. And that just, that got me thinking about happier things. Yes? And we do have a lot of things to be thankful for. If you ever sit through the list that I read of sick people, you know that there, there's a lot to get us down. A lot of people who are suffering around us, including Pat. But we have reason to rejoice too. For instance, uh, Linda Garrett is back today. She had surgery recently, but she is feeling great. And we're so very thankful for her recovery and for her good prognosis. And also Martha Eaton was in the hospital this week. Don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, she was in pretty, pretty bad shape there for a while. But she has now been able to return home with a plan by the doctors, so that's very positive too. And then there's this. So, you know, I came here, I just talked, I don't know, it's, it's coincidence, I know, it just has nothing to do with me, but I did mention that everywhere I went, championships seemed to follow. It's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things. And so, you know, we've seen a lot of championships on all levels coming to Mississippi. I, I don't know, coincidence, I, I know, peace, it's okay. But, you know, last year we just had that amazing run of Boonville with both the boys and the girls winning state championship in basketball. I thought, wow, you know, that's got me set for life. But then guess what? It's happened again. So I can't promise that this will happen again next year. But I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, coincidence, things happen. And that's got me excited and happy today, too. So I don't know where you're coming from as you chose to be a part of our assembly here today. But if there's something that is weighing you down, if there is some weakness that has brought you low today, I want you to know 
that we're going to strive to reach forward. And today with the special emphasis on reaching forward against weakness. Before we start that, let's pray that God will bless us in our study. He'll help me to communicate it the best way I can and especially to help you. You came here with some doubts, fears, overwhelming sense of weakness in your life, feel defeated. I I want you to leave here today knowing that you have what is necessary in your hands right now to be able to overcome that weakness. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing of assembling here on this beautiful first day of the week. There are some people missing either because of physical sickness or uh, maybe they're succumbing to some kind of spiritual weakness. Whatever the reason, we pray for their benefit that whatever is causing the issues can be resolved, either physically or spiritually. And I pray for those who have assembled here today. Some have come with you know, happiness and joy, came to celebrate you and worship. And others came with that intention, but are beset with problems and weaknesses that they just don't see how they're going to be able to overcome. I pray, Lord, that you will help us today to know that we have in our hands what is necessary to overcome any perceived weakness. And Lord, I pray that we'll not only understand it, but we'll put that into practice so that we will live victoriously. Please help me, Lord, to communicate that. You know better than anyone the thoughts that I have assembled, things I want to share that I've discovered from your word. Help me to put that together in an understandable way that people can, can grasp. And Lord, also be with those who hear it, that even if somehow the way I try to explain it uh, gets jumbled up or doesn't come across the right way, I pray, Lord, that just with, with what you say in those moments, that that tangled mess can become something very important and useful. Help us all, Lord, with great intention to reach forward, but especially today to reach forward against weakness. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So right there, if I didn't say anything else, just that assembling of negatives confronted by the positive, I'm weak, but in my weakness, Jesus demonstrates his strength. If that were all we grasp today, that ought to be enough. You have in your hands the power to overcome any kind of weakness if 
you will draw from the strength that Jesus provides. Now, the Apostle Paul had some weakness in the flesh that he went to the Lord about, and he prayed three times that the Lord would remove it. But here was the Lord's response. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect. It's made complete in weakness. So Paul says, okay, well then I will rather be glad in these infirmities for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Okay, so if, if I can be empowered to the fullest, if I can have the power of Christ in the midst of my known weakness, then I'll just be weak. Let the infirmities come. Let the persecutions arise. Whatever need exists, I know that I can overcome it. Because my weakness may be has brought these things into my life, but the strength of Jesus Christ is going to cause me to rise above it. So in terms of our reaching forward, I want us to assert today that we are able to reach forward against any of these perceived weaknesses that we have in our lives as we are striving in that weakness to manifest the strength of Jesus Christ. When we do that, then our victory will be assured, our support will be abundant, and our success will be inevitable. Okay, so think with me as I break down those assertions. Think about the victory that we have that is assured. Look, if, if I am confident that I will have victory, if I have that assurance of victory, then I will be able to reach forward enough to be able to bump out that weakness. And then I will have within myself the power to overcome whatever that weakness is. Alluded to in a song we sang a moment ago, Victory in Jesus is a reference to Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. And that text, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Conquerors. Conquerors over what? We could talk about our petty weaknesses or we could talk about those deep spiritual weaknesses that beset us. The things that really get us off track. We ought to be, as Christians, not just focusing on the moments of our weakness or the missteps, because we already have a solution for that. That is forgiveness. If I'm a child of God, First uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 and following, I, I can walk in step with the Lord and have fellowship with Him, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, will cleanse me, literally continue to cleanse me from sin. I, I can have that confidence. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those long range plans. There may be some weakness that exists in you that, that is keeping your vision of that heavenly goal out of sight. So I want us to focus more intently. Paul said, as though he were lifting a kind of veil, he said, behold, I tell you a mystery. You know, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of night, the last trumpet. But the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? For the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gives us the victory over sin and death. You know, the scriptures teach that sin results in death. The payment for sin is death. Romans 6 verse 23. But Jesus is the power that will transcend that if we'll lay hold of that power. You say, okay, Ken, so I'm going to have an outlook for the future not just focusing in on the bumps along the way, but I'm going to keep my mind focused on heaven. Ken, I'm going to be an overcomer. Okay, if you will overcome, the scriptures continually tout the idea of the blessings of God related to our overcoming. In fact, in the book of Revelation, you remember when we had our studies and we had some, some great studies, I think, last year as we looked at each one of those churches in Asia. In every case, whether, whether they were on track with sin or whether in the few instances where they were really holding on to the faith and persevering and were still faithful to the Lord, regardless of whether they were headed in the right direction or whether they were falling prey to Satan's devices, Every single time to every church, Jesus reminded them that if they would overcome, that there would be blessings for them. For instance, in chapter 2 and verse 7, Jesus tells those churches, look, if you will overcome, you will be able to partake of the tree of life. In chapter 2, verse 11, if you will continue to overcome, if you will stay your course, then you don't have to fear, you don't have to be afraid of the second death that is coming. In verse 17, if you will remain just perseverant, if you, if you will stick to the plan, if you will overcome, then I promise you, that you'll receive that hidden manna, he says, that, that white stone that I'm going to give you that has a new name for you printed right on it. In chapter 2 and verse 26, he says, if you will overcome, if you'll stay the course, if you'll remain faithful, then I'll give you power over the nations. In chapter 3 at verse 5, he says, look, if you'll overcome, then I'll give you white garments. I'll write your name in the book of life. In chapter 3, verse 12, he says, okay, if you'll do that, then I'll make you a pillar in the temple of God. And finally, in verse 21 of chapter 3, he says that if you'll overcome, then I'll do something really special for you. He says, if you overcome, I'll let you sit on my throne. Because when I overcame, that's exactly what happened to me. I sat on my father's throne. All of those beautiful blessings to those churches in Asia, promises that if you'll just stick to it, if you'll overcome, don't stumble over the things that come along the path, but keep your mind set on heaven. Eventually, all these things will be yours. Okay, so I, I take it that all those things that he lists right there are 
fabulous. And in one way or another, when, when we looked at those, I tried to give a little bit of explanation, but, but the fact is, it, it's kind of like, you know, you go and you buy an automobile. Probably your intention is to buy an automobile that'll get you from point A to point B successfully. Now, it may have all of these special gadgets on it, but all you really know is that if you put gasoline in it and you get it serviced, that it will serve you well. You probably don't know about all the computer parts and the sensors and all that stuff that keeps it running. I sure don't. I don't know all the minute details about what is going to happen, but here's, here's what I'm confident in. I'm confident that if I'll keep my mind, my heart, my spirit aiming toward that ultimate goal, if I will overcome in this life, then what God has promised, even if I don't, I really don't understand, you know, what it is to have those white clothes or literally actually what it would be to have a name written in the book of life or what it is to have a name written on a white stone or to be able to overcome the nations. I, I might not know what all those things really mean, but I know that they're special. And I know that I'm not going to get it, whatever it is, unless I overcome. And the only way I'm going to be able to overcome, according to what we read here a moment ago, is that Christ is in it. Okay, how about, how about something simpler? Uh, just be honest with you. When I sit around and I think about heavenly reward and all that stuff, I mean, we're just talking, Right? Seriously, I don't think about white stones with a new name on it. And rarely do I think about white robes. Sometimes I do think about my name being written in the book of life, of course. But a lot of that stuff is just kind of beyond me. What I like to think about, though, something I could relate to. How about if you'll be faithful, if you'll be an overcomer, God promises you that you'll receive an inheritance. How about that? I can relate to that idea. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 and following, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Okay, let's reverse. It's reserved for you in the last time if, in fact, you will remain faithful. That's what's keeping it where it is, your faithfulness. I want to be an overcomer I want to overcome my weakness. I want to have assured victory because I know that when I get to that place, the things that the Lord has set aside for me, whatever they are, they must be glorious, but whatever they are, they are there waiting for me. Why would I do anything to mess that up? We need to always be reaching forward against any weakness in the strength of Jesus Christ, knowing that our victory is assured. 
but, but also knowing that our support is abundant. Our support. Well, Ken, are, are you talking about Jesus? Because you said just a moment ago, well, in the weakness, you know, Jesus's strength is, is magnified. So, hey, okay, so he's, he's what's going to be our support. I would say on the one hand, yes. And we just saw that. I'm going to overcome because Jesus' strength is with me. Yes. But here's the beautiful thing about God's plan. And that is, yes, I can enjoy that strength. But then so can you and 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 you. All of you who are children of God. In your weakness, you can be the partaker of the strength of Jesus. He will help you rise above it. Okay, so if... If I have that and you have that and we all have that, that despite the weaknesses that manifest in us from time to time, we still combine together, have the strength of Jesus Christ. Isn't that an amazing support, a source for support in our Christian walk? I think so. Okay, so like, how would that be seen? I think in terms of the ways in which we find some commonality, the things that we have in common. Uh, for instance, I would say that we have a common work to do as children of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and following, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's field, you're God's building. Now I love what's expressed right there. There was Paul and there was Apollos and some of those Corinthians were dividing themselves among preachers that they liked. And Paul had all already addressed that point, And now he's coming to a conclusion. You realize that our works were not separate. You may follow one or the other, but actually both of us and others too were working together. We're all working together in our particular works with God. So when I'm working with God, you're working with God, we're all working with God. Then when we combine that work together, we have accomplished some great thing for the Lord. It may be that individually, not any one thing kind of shows up, but boy, when it all comes together, that is a glorification of the Lord. Look what the Lord has done as he has strengthened his weakened people. I love that idea. You just go ahead and you do your thing. You do the thing that the Lord has given you to do. However weak you may feel, let his strength fill you up. Remember that text we emphasized for a whole year, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, then let's show that. However weak we are, be strengthened with Jesus Christ and see what he can accomplish through you. And then when he accomplishes that and I accomplish whatever it is that he's given me and then on and on and on we go, wow, look at what the Lord has done. And let's just be honest with this, with this weak people <laughs> that despite ourselves, 
God has done some great thing. I've noticed that there is commonality in some other things too. And, and I mentioned in the beginning, there are some things that we're positive and happy about. And I'll just tell you, when one person in this building rejoices, we ought to be all of us rejoicing right there with them. Romans chapter 12, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. If you have been blessed, if some good has come into your life, then I ought to be able to say, amen. Because when that happens to you, that by effect in relationship in this family, that has happened to me too. But that text didn't stop right there. Not only are we to rejoice with those who rejoice, but we're also to weep with those who weep. Now I mentioned to you, a lot of you are in my Bible classes and I'll start with this, what has become just a lengthy list of sick people. Ken, why do you mention all those people? Just leave them in the bulletin. Well, because I want to pray for them continually. I do. And the reason I do is because I believe that God hears our prayers. And so people are coming to me and they say, hey, would you put me on that list? <laughs> I'm like thinking, yeah, if I can find the end of it, I'll be glad to. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers when we suffer, when, when, we are, when we are downtrodden, when we are hurting. God, hear our prayer, and he hears our prayer. And then we rejoice when things turn around. We give him thanks for that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 kind of expresses the same thing. When one suffers, we all suffer. Why is that? Well, if I smash my pinky with a hammer, I'm going to tell you, I feel that even to my toes. Now, my toes don't literally hurt, but I'm telling you in that moment, every part of my body is sympathetic to what has just happened. Same thing in the body. If one is suffering, we all suffer. But then he added in that text as well. When one member is honored, we all rejoice in it. It's kind of the idea that, you know, the rising of tides, it lifts all the ships that are in the harbor, right? Doesn't matter whether it's a big ship or a little boat. Every one of them is lifted together. That's what we find in the body of Christ. We're going to suffer together and rally around those who hurt. And we are going to rejoice and be glad when even one member has some honor that comes to them. We're all in it together. I think there's also commonality in terms of our goals. And I mean, goal setting is very important. All of us should be aspiring to something, but not to the neglect or the putting down of some other brother or sister. Not at all. We ought to be encouraging one another. There is no competition in the body of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter two, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. 
Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Yeah, I'm concerned about my own spiritual journey. Of course I am. But you know who else I'm concerned about? You and you and you and you and you. I'm concerned about everybody. If you are a brother or sister in Jesus Christ, I do not want to be a stumbling block to your growth. In fact, I want to be a supporter. I want to cheer you on to the finish line. In our weakness, we can be strengthened by Jesus Christ. You and I, we're also common together in the sense that we're all teaching the same thing. We are going about preaching the gospel. That is our main objective in this life. We are preparing for heaven, but we are serving the Lord as we are here and serving him by preaching the gospel. That's why Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And when he left, the very last thing he told his apostles to do was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But not only that, that those who were taught were going to be taught to do the very same thing. Well, eventually that comes down to us. And when we have been taught the gospel that saves our souls, then we need to remember that we have been saved in order to save somebody else. Let's not just hold the gospel within us as though we were containers and we just seal it off. But let's be certain that through us as conduits to another, that the gospel is, is spread to others. That is a common work that all of us do the spreading of that gospel. In Romans chapter 12, verse three, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing from one another, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with gentleness. Whatever it is that we have in our hand to do, let's do it to the glory of God, remembering that we are a part of a, Support system. We are looking to it that every member has great access to eternal life sometime. When one's rejoicing, we rejoice. When one's sorrowful, we're sorry with them. We're all in this together. So we're going to reach forward against this weakness. We're going to remember that our support is abundant. But we're also going to remember that our success is inevitable. If it's inevitable, it means there's nothing's going to stop it. It's going to happen. Success is going to happen in the Christian life. Why? Because I'm so strong? No, I'm weak. <laughs> but in my weakness, Jesus is filling the void, but he's not just filling it so that I just kind of get back to normal. He is giving me strength. It is his strength that I'm moving with. Okay, so how, how, can I be, how can I be confident in that? How do I know that I will be able to have this power to overcome thinking about success? How do I know it's inevitable? Uh, let me give you some examples and maybe you can relate to some of these people. 
The first thing I want to say before I mention any name is this. Sometimes when we read the scriptures, we read the names of these people as though they were superheroes or that they were something special. You know, they just came out of the womb a terrific leader. Not true. Not true. In Paul's case, Paul said, well, you know, I came out of the womb and expectation was even from God, I'm going to be able to do it, you know. I think that's the expectation for everybody. You come out of the womb, God's expecting great things out of you. You are going to accomplish whatever it is that he set for you to do. So give over to it. So here are these people that come out of the womb and immediately they're weak and failures. They are not superheroes. They're not better than you. Just because their name is mentioned in the scriptures doesn't mean that somehow or another they're a stellar group that's sitting on a shelf that none of us will ever aspire to attain. Not true. They're just like you and me. Just like you and me. They had weaknesses and what did God do? God chose to fill that weakness with his strength. He didn't build them up to make them strong. His strength made it possible. Case in point. Moses. Moses was as insecure a person as there could have been. In fact, later, even as he's leading, the Lord says he is the meekest man that's ever lived. Okay? He might be a strong leader, but he's very meek. He was insecure. And when God called him to be the leader of his people, he said, no, I can't do it. But with God's strength, let alone Moses, defeated Pharaoh. God's strength. Another guy, Joshua, came right on the hills of Moses. Joshua, you say, great leader of God's people. He was the, you know, the captain of the Lord's host. He was the guy that led him into battle. Yeah, but when he became a leader, he inherited a group of people who were immature. So Joshua goes about essentially, essentially dealing with children. God took what then he was talking about Paul's thorn of the flesh. Joshua sure had thorn in the flesh and it was that entire nation of people. But when it came down to it, God gave him the strength to be able to rise above it. And when he rose above it, he even came to a time when things were starting to change. People were being fickle. And so here's what he said. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what that did? That assertion that he made changed the hearts and minds of every single family. Wow. Something great about Joshua? No. Other than he had the strength of God in him. There was this guy named Elijah. So I said, Moses was insecure. Elijah, the great prophet, was also insecure, very insecure. God empowered him to defeat the 450 prophets of Baal. There's a guy by the name of Daniel. So Daniel is carried off into captivity. He is a subjugated person. He is made low, weak. But God empowered him to defeat Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man in his time, and then the man who followed him, Darius, the most powerful man in his time. Little old Daniel, strengthened by the power of the Lord. 
And, you know, there's Peter. <laughs> Peter. We call Peter impetuous. That's a fancy word for saying that he always spoke before he thought about it or he was constantly sticking his foot in his mouth. But this impetuous Peter in this tremendous weakness, a weakness that brought him so low that he would deny the Lord three times to curse against those who would associate him with Jesus and yet to have his life turned around and to become a preacher of the gospel on the day of Pentecost in which Jews from every nation are assembled and then again to carry the gospel to Cornelius, the first Gentile convert. Peter, so weak, but strengthened by the power of Christ. Well, there's the guy that wrote what we are studying here today, Paul. Paul was weak. He was weakened by his past. He was weakened by the prejudices of others. And yet Christ strengthened him in his weakness so that not only did he overcome that which he thought was the problem, the thorn in the flesh, but he would be able to carry the gospel to Gentiles all over the world. And then here's a name maybe you wouldn't have even thought of. That would be Jesus. Jesus was made weak that we could be made strong. You say, wait, I, I thought Jesus was the strength in our weakness. Yeah, but Jesus was made weak and that he died on that cross carrying all the sins of all of mankind for all time. But then, with the power of God, he overcame death. Jesus made weak by sin. Sin, its penalty is death, but Jesus overcame the death. So, faithfulness and unfaithfulness. What's the difference between those? Or spending eternity in heaven versus spending eternity in hell. What is the difference in those two? Uh, what about being saved and being lost? What is the difference in those? The difference between faithful and unfaithful, heaven and hell, being saved and being lost, is a decision. It's the decision to allow Christ's power to rise up within you, to overcome the weaknesses that are bringing you down. You have today within your power what is necessary to overcome whatever weakness you perceive is in your life. That power is in Jesus Christ. We want to reach forward today. We want to reach forward against any weakness that exists. When we do, victory will be assured. Our support will be abundant. And success will be inevitable. 
If you're a child of God today, but you feel weakened by the oppression of this world, you feel weakened by the circumstances that have developed in your life, do not settle for that any longer. Rise up in the strength of Jesus Christ. Reach forward against weakness. And if you're not a child of God today, Jesus Christ offers you the remedy for your sin. Salvation. He's already paid the price. Won't you accept that through obedience to the gospel? Rise up under the power of Jesus Christ. If there's anybody who needs to respond today, why don't you come if you need to while we stand and sing?
to Thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
members that every time we have someone that responds, everybody down here has someone beside them. Thank you, everyone. As we go to this time of partaking the Lord's Supper, we'll sing verses 2 and 3 of it as well. We're going to think about Christ upon the cross and what that means for us in these words where our sins were laid upon that cross and how we were given that forgiveness through his actions and ultimately a, a wonderful hope for heaven in verse 3. Let's sing together as we sing these two verses. My sin. for the Lord's Supper. Can you please raise your hand? Before Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he made a very simple decree. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So let's bless the bread, which represents his body. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are mindful that your Son only came to this earth, lived a life on this earth, Heavenly Father, so that he might be the perfect sacrifice 
But even in those last hours, Lord, he did not want the cup. But Lord, he was still willing to drink it. So Lord, we thank you that he was willing to go through and give his body. And we pray that you bless this bread as it represents that body. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us bless the fruit of the vine. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that in your word you say that a blood must, blood must be paid out. But for our sins, Lord, there was only one. One blood that could be poured out to wash us free. And that was the blood of your Son. We thank you, Lord, for providing this sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, for providing this way of sanctification. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will wash us in his blood. Lord, as we take this, Lord, let us all remember that this is the blood that was poured out for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to do the offering in a second. I'm just allowing everybody to get down here. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving Father, we bow with humble hearts this morning, Father, with heartfelt gratitude, the gratitude that you're giving, the giving of your Son, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray today that as we give, that we remember your Son. We're so thankful for the victory in your Son, Lord Jesus. Father, we're thankful for our health that allows us to earn our wages for the benefits of our labor. Father, we pray and given today that we'll recognize that everything you've given, you've given to us, belongs to you. We pray, Father, that today we can give the portion back. Scripture tells us, Father, that there's joy, joy in giving of our time, our talents, our money, and helping meet and help to meet the needs of others. Scripture also tells us, Father, that we are to store our treasures in heaven, not on earth where moths and rust can de decay and destroy, where thieves can break in and steal, but to lay our treasures up in heaven. We pray, Father, today that we will give freely and cheerfully toward the work of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
Good morning. Certainly good to see everyone here. I think we would all agree it's been a, uh, a good day here as we worship God together. I have just a few announcements, and, uh, and after we uh, get through with announcements, we'll have a prayer. If you would, remain seated. Uh, we're going to be discussing another announcement about the uh, Congregate app that we have been told about. So if you would, remain seated after our prayer. Uh, this morning we had 314 in attendance. There are several last to leaders events. If you would take a bulletin, please scan over those. Um, I did receive a text from Laura that the 10th grade and the 12th grade puppet teams will meet immediately after class tonight in the little chapel. So that's 10th and 12th grade puppet teams will meet immediately after class tonight in the little chapel. Uh, also several other, other events today. A reminder, too, that everyone is invited and encouraged to attend the Chili and Soup Fellowship meal tonight in the Annex following classes. Uh, I do have a card that I would like to read. This is uh, from the family of Bernice Bulls. Dear church family, we send our most sincere thanks for your kind expressions of sympathy during our recent time of loss. We deeply appreciate your thoughtfulness and your kindness will always be remembered in Christian love, the family of Bernice Bulls. Uh, one other announcement, just a reminder that the time changes next week. Remember to spring forward one hour next Saturday night. And Jimmy, I look forward to your uh, Yoda. Is that this time of year, your post? <laughs> Jimmy usually sends us a reminder. But the time changes next week. Remember to, to uh, spring forward one hour. Uh, that is all the announcements that we have. Uh, Ken, thank you for your lesson. Jeremy, thank you uh, for your song service. We appreciate it. Uh, it's been a blessing to be here this morning. If you would, bow with me. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this day that we've had to be together. So thankful uh, that we could worship together and be here and support one another encourage one another. We're thankful for the message that we've heard. We're thankful for the songs that uh, we've been led in. And we pray that everything that we have said and done has brought you glory this morning. Father, we're thankful for uh, each person who has responded today. We just pray that you would continue to bless them. Please give them strength and pray that each of us would give each other strength. That all of us would look to you and your son. Father, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, we're still talking about the Congregate app, and we've got about 100, I think 36 people that have signed up for user accounts, um, and uh, I think that's about a third, so that's probably about where we expect it. Uh, just go through the next slide here. Just in case you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, uh, the next slide. Um, if you have your phone and you want to sign up for our account, you can point it at the screen and uh, do that. We've also got some uh, handouts still at the back. So once you download that, I don't see any phones, so we'll continue to go uh, to the next slide. Once you get there, It'll ask you uh, to register, put a, create a username, password, and so on. And at the, we do ha did have a question at the end. Why is it asking?